welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hokie Hangover Podcast. My name is Andrew Alex. I am joined today by just Ricky LeBlue, Mike McDaniel, still hungover from Key West. Ricky, you're feeling good, right? I am. I'd be feeling better if our other pod mate would get his his bleep together and come back on the pod. No seriousness. Um, Mike, get your ass here next week. Um, yeah, doing uh doing pretty good. Looking forward to another week of football, trying to enjoy it as much as we can, because believe it or not, there's only a few weeks of this left. Now, I will say, before we keep move on, the new CFP rankings, garbage. Absolutely garbage. Um, I have absolutely had it with the CFP. You can torch the system, and I don't care at this point. What an abject disaster. Doesn't look like Cincinnati can do anything to get themselves in. They'll have to hope for... Chaos and I, I, quite frankly, for the sake of Mike's Cincinnati to make the playoff plus two thousand bet, I feel bad, and I feel bad for those players. But that is not our topic of conversation today. Virginia Tech taking on Boston College later this week, a Friday night clash. We are going to break it all down for you, but first we got to let you know about the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg is the pharmacy you want to go to if you want a healthcare provider that truly cares about you. Be a neighbor, not a number, and look no further than Main Street Pharmacy. Dr. Jeremy Counts and his wonderful staff will take care of everything you need. So, Ricky, the Hokies offense has made progress over the past two weeks. This is a Boston College team with a solid defense. Offensively, they leave a lot to be desired, but... I don't think they've crossed that 20-point threshold in ACC play yet this year. So my question for you, Virginia Tech doesn't have to, you know, score 45 to win this game by any means. They just have to have a decent offensive day. Can they do it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think it's important to note that Tech's defense still has to show up in this game. There are some some explosive, uh, like the the your skill position guys, um, Jalen Gill is someone who I've always kind of thought was really good. He's not, and he's not even the number one guy on this roster, right? Zay Flowers is your number one guy, and um, between those two guys and Garwo Garwo at running back, there are some some players that can that can really hit you and hit you hard. So, next. Uh, defense should be able to keep this offense relatively bottled up. Obviously, Boston College has been pretty bad in ACC play. Offensively, uh, Dennis Grossell has been very, very bad, um, especially his last several games. But at a certain point, um, you have to kind of anticipate that your defense is going to have at least a couple mistakes because every defense does. And at that point, it's just a matter of whether George, or excuse me, Boston College can take advantage of those. But Virginia Tech's offense certainly can score enough to win in this game, especially when you consider that BC's run defense is um, not all that great. They've been pretty bad. Um, they've been giving up a lot of yards on the ground as of late. And that could be a recipe for success for the Hokies, considering that the running game has really opened it up over the last two weeks. Now, is this purely a factor of Malachi Thomas? Have you, or have we seen the offensive line take a step forward as well? The offensive line has absolutely gotten better. I mean, Parker Clements, I think, has settled in. 
Uh, Silas Danzi has played better. Um, Lucita Smith, I still think is is headed to the NFL to be a mid round draft pick. I think that he's I think he's pretty good. You know, on, on this offensive line, they're not world beaters, but they they can certainly get the job done. Now, part of the other equation is that you look at the past two opponents that Tech has faced, and neither of those defenses are any good. So. The Hokies have had, you know, the combination of improved play on the field um, on on our end, but also, you know, not as much opposition on the other end. And that those together makes a big difference. Now, Malachi Thomas is a big part of it. I think um, I really do think that he's got the the vision and the patience necessary to find the hole. That's been a problem with some of the other guys on the roster specifically Jalen Holston. Um, Malachi has just kind of opened things up. And also, I think Tech has really changed the running scheme. Like, we're seeing more of those those quick hitters in the run game um, where they're, they're not so much handing the ball off and kind of dragging it out on the outside zone and trying to um, find the gap. They're just shooting the gap and going right off the bat. And that that has made a, a, I think a big difference for this team. So Tex Tex running game has certainly gotten better and it's really a, a combination of several factors. And if, if the Hokies want to continue um, this kind of effectively ended the season, it feels like then this offense is going to have to maintain production for the rest of the season. That is fair. That is fair. From what we saw from Braxton Burmeister against Georgia Tech, does that feel like a step forward for you? I mean, there was talk about him potentially playing injured earlier in the year. Do we see a roadmap for Braxton Burmeister to maybe finish out the season looking more like the quarterback that we thought he would be? Well, I mean, this is kind of who I expect him to be anyway, right? Like, I'm not surprised by by his um, his struggles on the offensive end. I'm really not. He's a limited passer. He's been that way since he got here. Um, so none of that really shocks me. Now, the thing that was nice to see against Georgia tech specifically was that Braxton was able to find the, the open receivers downfield when Georgia tech blew coverages. And that happened in, in other instances this season where Braxton has not found those receivers and that's what's caused the problem. Um, Burmeister was better in this game for sure. It was probably, I'm, I'm, I'm looking through his game logs here. That might've been his second best performance of the season uh, behind the West Virginia game. Uh, and actually you can make an argument that the West Virginia, or excuse me, that this was better than the West Virginia game. Um, but he's, he, he's got to continue to make sure he's patient and he's got to take care of the football. Um and he's got to find a way to stop underthrowing receivers. I mean, I know that Tech is, you know, he, his arm is what his arm is, but they're not even running, you know, routes that are really deep down the field. Um, they're just kind of attacking those intermediate zones, and that's fine. Uh, but Braxton's got to be able to hit his guys in stride, and he did not do that against Georgia Tech. Thankfully, it didn't really hurt him as much because Georgia Tech's defense was so bad. But, um, Last Saturday was an improvement for for Burmeister for sure. I don't know that it's going to be maintained. He's been very very mediocre all season long. Um, he's got to find a way to continue to take care of the football. 
try and stay healthy and uh, benefit from this improved run game. Because if he does, if if the run game continues to be as good as it is, Burmeister will have more opportunities downfield. Looking at the offense here for Boston College, we know that Phil Dracovic was slated to be one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC, almost certainly a pro prospect of some degree. But unfortunately, he gets injured in a near meaningless game for Boston College when they shellacked UMass in non-conference play. And it's come down to Dennis Grossell. Well, that was the case until the Syracuse game when freshman Emmett Moorhead got some action as well. Six foot five. He was six for 15, 87 yards. Jeff Hafley says he wants just one guy under center, meaning that it's unlikely that we're going to see the two-headed monster yet again. So my question for you, Ricky, is what do you expect? The experienced senior in Grossell or maybe Boston College looking towards the future and rolling with Emmett Moorhead for the rest of the season? I don't know. I, I feel like Grossell probably gives you the best chance to win, but he that's not as that's not really a great chance, right? Um I mean six touchdowns to seven interceptions on the year. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I don't know what kind of runner Emmett Moorhead is. The, the one game he did play against Syracuse, he had eight attempts for negative eighteen yards. You have to assume that some of that is sacks. Um I don't know what kind of what kind of athlete he is at 6'5", 229. He may be you know able to move his feet, but kind of have to admit ignorance here a bit on Moorhead. Um, if I'm if I'm Boston College and I'm going up against a defense that has been relatively good all season, I'm going to try and and bank on I guess on the the danger that I know, and that would be Grossell. Now. A caveat, if Moorhead is a really good athlete and he's got the ability to move the pocket and he can and he can get the running game going, then I would roll with him. I mean, that's that's been the we saw it in the Syracuse game. Uh Garrett Schrader, his ability to run the football physically downfield was the the driving factor in Tech's struggles on the defensive end. And if Moorhead can do that, then I think that that's the direction you go in because that mobility is your best chance to score points. But if he's not really all that mobile, then I just stick with Grossell. Um, that's going to be, I think, your best chance to win this game. He's he's he is experienced. Yes, he has not been productive, but um, Georgia Tech's issue, I think, most which I hate to admit, right, because I'm a huge Jeff Halfley stan. Um, the offensive line has been pretty good run blocking in terms of their grades, but Boston College isn't running the football that much. They're they're still airing it out, and that's a bit of an issue. Uh, if you're BC, you're, you would be much better off trying to run the football and shorten this game than you would airing it out, even though you've got guys like Zay Flowers and Jalen Gill in the field. Um, the offensive line seems like it's much better suited to be going downhill in the run game, but we just really haven't seen that uh, so far. How much does the Boston College running game scare you? I mean, Pat Garwo is having a solid season, averaging 5.9 yards per carry. He's got five rushing touchdowns on the year as well. I mean, we saw the uh, issues that Virginia Tech has had against dynamic running backs. Does this one in particular scare you? I mean, he's 
he's a he's a relatively productive running back. Um, and given the the open field tackling issue, I think every running game kind of worries me a little bit just because I don't know how Tech is going to tackle. Um, if if Tech goes out there and you know is whiffing on arm tackles and and they're not playing physical, then I think Garwo is going to going to have a field day. Um, the the other part of this equation too is that there are two senior running backs behind him so you've got some that now to be fair neither of them are, are really um stars or really productive but um the the boston college running game could be suited to just run the ball 40 45 times because they've got the guys that could handle the workload between the three of them and i think that would worry me because i do think that tech still has some issues in the linebacking core and at safety in terms of fitting their run gaps. And um, if they don't do that, then obviously this is going to be a, a big issue for Tech in this game uh, because we've seen what happens when they struggle with the run fits. Boston College's offensive line is among the best in the ACC. And honestly, if I was a fan of the Eagles, it would almost you know, considerably be a shame insofar as you know, it's just you have such a great offensive line and it's not leading to – offense or or wins on the field that being said a ton of experience but right now left tackle tyler vrabel it's the son of former new england patriots player and now tennessee titans head coach mike vrabel an nfl prospect may be out for the game at that left tackle position is this a scenario where we can see virginia tech's pass rush really get going if that's the case and maybe if that's not the case or if vrabel is playing how much of a, of a liability is Virginia Tech's defensive front against an offensive line of this caliber? Oh, I'm worried. Um, Tech's, Tech's defensive front has been very um, underwhelming this year. Outside of the North Carolina game, where they completely dominated the Tar Heels, they just haven't gotten the job done, um, at least not on a consistent basis. We saw a bit more pressure than normal against the yellow jackets. And it certainly paid off Jalen Griffin with the sack fumble. Uh, but this, this group of, uh, of defensive linemen just doesn't really seem like they've, they've figured out how to impact the game on a consistent basis. And if they're going to go up against a unit like this, which Andrew, like you mentioned, is pretty darn good. Um, that's going to be a problem. And <clears throat> I, I, I worry because again, Tech has had issues tackling on the back end. They've had some coverage breakdowns on the back end. Some of that gets solved when Jermaine Waller gets healthy and is on the field like he was last week. But um, anytime you've got an offensive line that that can win up front, that can really change the entire uh, complexion of the game on that side of the ball. So Tech's defensive front is going to have to be better in this game. Jordan Williams is going to have to find a way to make an impact. Same with Norrell Pollard, Kendricks, Fuga, um, Barno, Garbett, Jalen Griffin, Eli Adams. They're, they're going to, they, they have to find a way to hold their own. Um, Cause the, the guys around this BC offensive line aren't going to beat you by themselves. They're just not good enough to do it. Zay Flowers poses an interesting challenge for Virginia Tech, the wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the ACC, if not one of the better wide receivers in the country now. 
their issues at quarterback with Dennis Grossell and his inaccuracy, especially downfield, have limited flowers. So taking both of those factors into account, how much should Virginia Tech be worried about this guy? Do we have the defensive backfield that can neutralize what he brings to the table? Well, I mean, yes, uh, but you're not going to completely contain him. He's going to get a little bit of his, at least. He's he's that good. Uh, in the open field, he is a serious issue, and that goes back to, again, the open field tackling problems that Tech has had. Uh, but I really do feel for Zay Flowers, right? Because he, you know, he, he's in his junior year. This is when he's really supposed to start building his NFL draft campaign. He comes off a year last year where he falls just short of 900 yards receiving. And... The, the the guy throwing him the football, he's supposed to be throwing him the football, who is also an NFL hopeful, boom, he's out, right? So then you get Dennis Grossell throwing the ball, and Grossell is not Phil Dracovic, not even close. Um, give Zay Flowers credit. He's still impacted the game. Um, he I mean, He's only has two touchdowns, but he's averaging over 14 yards a catch. He's still at over 500 yards receiving. Uh BC would be best served getting him the ball by any means necessary, um, even if that includes getting him involved in the running game. Kind of similar to how Tech gets Trey Turner involved in the running game. If you've got athletes and you're struggling to get them the football through the air, find a way to get them involved on the ground. You have to get your athletes the ball. And, you know, Zay Flowers only has, what, 39 touches this year. Uh, which doesn't seem like quite a, quite a lot um, for, for your best offensive player. So if I'm Jeff Halfley, I'm trying to find a way to get Zay Flowers involved as much as possible, uh, kind of like how Tech made a concerted effort to get Trey Turner the football last week against Georgia Tech. So, Ricky, what does this game mean in the grand scheme, right? Because you, know, you have a coach on the hot seat, a team that on a three-game losing streak floundered and, and – you know, it was almost written off by their own fan base, if not actually written off by their own fan base. But I look at the standings, and they're one game back in the loss column with four games to play in the ACC Coastal. If this game is a victory, what do Virginia Tech's prospects look like, if there are prospects of all, of perhaps achieving what the goal was going into the season, that being an ACC Coastal Championship? A win here definitely makes it more likely, right? I think Tech's going to have to win out if they want to win the Coastal. Um, the problem being is that the Tech does have a couple of those teams still on the schedule, right? So UVA is at the end of the season. We all know that. Miami's coming up. Um, those are the only two teams other than Pitt that have or that are either tied or ahead of Tech in terms of ACC uh, win-loss record. Carolina is already at three losses. So there is a scenario in which all, I think, five of these teams can get to three conference losses, which would be just typical peak ACC coastal craziness. I pray to God that doesn't happen. Um, but with that being said, Tech basically needs to win out at this point, and they're going to need Pitt to drop two games. Now, you look at Pitt's schedule, and I, I, I think it's certainly possible, if maybe not likely, but it, I think it's probably a toss-up right now that UVA and Pitt, you know, 
at Heinz Field on what day is that? I don't know. But second to last week of the season, UVA and Pitt, that's going to be a hell of a game. Um, you've got one offense that's the best in the conference, at least from a statistical point of view in, in, in the Cavs. And then on the other side, you've got uh, Kenny Pickett, who's had a, a really good season so far. Uh, I'm not sure he's a Heisman guy, like some people were trying to say, but he's certainly having a great year. Pitt can lose that game. And then after, at that point, they they need one more loss. And I don't think it's likely that they lose any of those other games, whether it be Duke this week or uh, North Carolina, which is at Heinz Field, which is a big help for Pitt. Um, Syracuse at the end of the year, I, I, Pitt could need to win that game in order to win the Coastal. I don't think that'll be the case, but Tech needs to continue just taking care of business week to week and not really worry as much about what's ahead of them because if they do, you're going to be scoreboard watching, and when you're scoreboard watching, you're not focused. Uh, Tech's got their own problems right now that they have to figure out, and they've got to try and play football on a consistent basis. Remember, Tech just ended a three-game losing streak. So even if they win this game, they've won two times out of the last month plus. So they've got to find a way to play consistent football. And even though there are some lengthy road trips at the back end of the season, um, the the level of competition for Tech at the back end of the schedule is a lot nicer than it was earlier this year. Every team that's left on the schedule, we said this last week, is beatable. Tech can win all these games, uh, but they've got to focus on a game-to-game basis and realize that they're not good enough to against any of these teams and expect to win. Tech's got to be damn good in all three phases if they're going to beat any of these teams. That's just that's that's where we're at right now. But um, thanks to the ACC Coastal being nuts and not very good, um, even though Tech looked awful against Pitt earlier in the year, technically they're not out of the running. Yeah, Rick, it's, it's certainly interesting. I'll ask you this. We know the fan base, to some degree, is kind of done with this team, done with this, maybe not done with the team, but done with the coaching administration. We heard the boos come out in front of recruits at Lane Stadium during the Syracuse game, uh, the fire Fuente chance as well. Let's say that Virginia Tech wins this game convincingly. They come back for their final home game of the year against Duke a week later. Do you think that a, a little two-game winning streak here could reinvigorate the fan base, or would you expect to see Lane Stadium against Duke be kind of a, uh, a depressing scene one way or the other? Well, some of it will depend on the weather, I think, because fans aren't – or I shouldn't say all fans, but some fans aren't really going to be clamoring to make sure they get up to Blacksburg for this game. Now, with that said, a whole year last year of not being able to go to games, if you bought tickets to this game three or four months ago or even six months ago, chances are you really want to go, right? Because you didn't get to go to a game all year last year. Um, I think I think the, st- the stands will be decent. I don't think it's going to be great. Um, if they lose this week against BC, then, yeah, it, it might be a bad turnout. Um, but I think a win, a two game win streak will, will turn out kind of the rank and file, the average fan 
you're going to have some that won't come and that's totally acceptable. I get it because you're fed up. Um, but I think your average fan is still going to want to be there for the experience. And if you've got tickets already, um, I don't think you're necessarily going to be giving them up um, because you don't know when, if you're going to be able to come back to a tech football game in this crazy world that we live in. That's true. That's true. And uh, for what it's worth right now, a forecast of rain. And, and I will say this for those who are listening, if you are considering giving up your tickets, just remember that this is going to be the last chance you get to watch a game in lane stadium for what, like nine months. So I would encourage you to go to the game and enjoy it with your friends, enjoy it with your family, whoever the hell you're going to go with, go for the experience. I know that tech isn't very good on the field right now, at least they're not where everyone wants them to be. And that's fine. Um, that you're upset about that. I am too, but just go to the game, enjoy it. Enjoy the nightlife in Blacksburg. Go get a rail. If you're 21 or older, uh, go to Sharky's, get some wings, wake up in the morning, go get breakfast at Joe's um, or excuse me. What's wait, what's the diner down there at in main oh, street? Joe's. Yeah. Joe's shit. So wake up, go to lefties. I don't care. But just go experience, go enjoy Blacksburg one last time, because I don't know. You winter know, is coming. Want to be coming back. <laughs> yes, indeed, winter is coming. But I do encourage people to come for basketball games this winter. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I, no matter no matter what the scenario is, basketball is not going to get people up for, for for athletics. Like Tech will sell out some games in Castle, and that's great, but. Football is still king at Virginia Tech, and and rightfully so. Um, we are still a football school, no matter how good the basketball program gets, because ultimately football is what we all care about the most. And anyone who says otherwise is lying. Yeah, I mean, I obviously enjoy the basketball to a extreme degree, especially when the team is good. But what happens in Castle will never be the cultural event that a Virginia Tech football game is, the, the yeah, kind of yeah. event that brings people together. All right, Ricky, any individual players that you're queuing in on here that you think are going to have an outsized impact on this game before we get to our ACC picks? Well, I am curious to see if Trey Turner can back up what he did against Georgia Tech. Uh, that would be nice. Not saying he's got to go off for almost 200 again, but it would be nice to see him have another impact on the game and maybe get to 80, 90 yards maybe score another touchdown, just find a way to put his mark on the football game. I think that would be nice. Um, I I don't know if Luke Tenuta is going to be playing in this game. If he isn't, then, you know, Silas Danzi needs to have another good game like he did against the Yellow Jackets. That's important. Um, on the back end, I think Nasir Peoples needs to kind of get it going again. He looked really good at the start of the season, and he just hasn't been the same player. All right, Ricky. Let's get to it. ACC picks for the week. We will start things off. Start things off with the game that I am going to. Wake Forest, North Carolina. North Carolina, two and a half point favorite. Okay, repeat that last part for me again. North Carolina, a two and a half point favorite. What the hell is that? (laughs) I heard you the first time, but like, I I just, I don't get it, right? It's because Wake Forest defense has uh, shown that yeah, I mean, yeah, the defense is very three good. Three of their last but... four games, and they can't stop a leaky fuss. 
Yeah, but their offense is also one of the best in the conference, and they haven't lost yet. And Carolina keeps stepping on their own or stepping on rakes. Like, what? I I don't get it. Give me give me Wake Forest absolutely without without a doubt. Yeah, I'm going to take Wake Forest as well, but it does worry me. It could be one of those Vegas news situations. All right, noon on the ACC Network. Pitt goes to Duke as three touchdown favorites, 21-point favorites. 21 is a lot, but I think Pitt's going to come out pissed off after their game against Miami. So give me the Panthers to cover that. Yeah, Duke has lost three of their last four games in ACC play by far more. It's 21 points, so I'm going to go with Pitt as well. Sorry to the uh, the Duke faithful out there. I know I might be disappointing you. Uh, Georgia Tech and Miami. Miami, a 10-point favorite. Miami is due to come back down to earth a little bit. They've had two good games in a row. Um, I think Georgia Tech will rebound here a little bit. Nobody is going to this game because nobody's going to any Miami games. I don't know if you all have been seeing the stands when they're on TV, but there is nobody in the stadium. Uh, give me give me Georgia Tech at least to play within the spread. I don't know if they'll win it outright, but I think the Yellow Jackets keep it close. The rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Uh I'm going to go with Miami here. Uh, they seem to have found something with Tyler Van Dyke. Again, a, a true freshman quarterback from the state of Connecticut. Kind of thrust into action unexpectedly with the injury to D.R. King. And it was a little shaky to begin with, but railing off two wins over ranked opponents in, in NC State and Pittsburgh. And suddenly I have a little more faith in this Miami team. I, I, I worry about them down the road. You know, with the schedule that they have left, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Duke, those are all winnable games. And with a win over Pittsburgh, if the Panthers slip up one more time, Miami is suddenly right back in that ACC coastal conversation. Give me the Canes in this one. Uh, NC State and Florida State. NC State, a two and a half point favorite in Tallahassee. I'll take the Wolf Pack. I, 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 can't, I can't really bet on Florida State. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with the same. I mean, NC State—they slipped up against uh, Miami, but they're a, they're a balanced football team. They're a, a well-rounded football team. And Miami, and not Miami, but Florida State, as we always say, they they bring the talent to every game that they can always pull an upset. But they have yet to get it all together ever since the departure of Jimbo Fisher. And it's an uncomfortable team to bet on, especially against a good team with a spread that. Close. All right, last one before we get to Virginia Tech. Clemson at Louisville with Clemson as a four-point favorite. Give me the Cardinals. Clemson's offense is bad. Like, E.J. Uangale is really not good this year. I I just – it blows my mind that he has regressed so much. I know that he doesn't have the skill guys around him that he had last year, but his his regression has been, I think, one of the big storylines – inside the conference uh because it's i think it's really what's holding clemson back from being the clear acc uh favorite but i i do not trust clemson's offense um this will be a prime time game you know the the fan the the atmosphere in this stadium is going to be pretty lit because clemson's coming to town i'm going to pick the fighting scott satterfields in an upset all right and last but not least virginia tech on the road boston college three point favorites 
Virginia well, Tech is the, Virginia Tech is the three point favorite. By the way. Well, who are you? Who are you betting for for Clemson Louisville? Oh, Clemson, Clemson. Okay. They crossed right. the thirty point threshold. The offense has found it. Louisville, again, mean, so many teams in the ACC fall into this category, but you just don't know what they're going to bring week to week. You know that Clemson's going to bring good defense. I'll take their offense to win this one by a touchdown, maybe. I don't know. Four-point spread. Give me Clemson. All right, last but not least, Virginia Tech on the road at Boston College. The Hokies, three-point favorites in Chestnut Hill. I'm going to pick Virginia Tech to win again. Um, BC's offense has some serious issues. Um, if they if they come out and they run and run and run and run the football on offense, then I think that they have a much better chance of winning this game. Uh, but I'm not sure that they're going to because it doesn't seem like that's really the coach's game plan at all. So I'm going to take Virginia Tech to win this one. Um, it, it'll be probably relatively close. I'll go with the Hokies, something like 27 to – uh, 21. Yeah, I'm going to go with Virginia Tech as well. I think it's going to be a rock fight, but Virginia Tech <laughs> with the emergence of uh, with the emergence of Malachi Thomas has shown some signs of life. I think that, I mean, history has shown this season that 20 points is good enough to beat Boston College in ACC play, and I, I think the Hokies can get to about 24. I'm going to go with a 24. 17 Virginia Tech victory hoping that the uh the red zone issues can solve themselves though because Boston College's defense isn't going to give you the breaks that Georgia Tech's defense did and allow you to win moderately handily while still settling for four field goal attempts but Ricky that's going to do it for us short week short pod any last words uh rate review subscribe go tweet at Mike McDaniel SOS tell him to get his butt back here um go read all of our stuff go listen to andrew's show espn blacksburg go buy a soda from there i don't really care just go there go tell jeremy we sent you um and yeah uh again college football playoff stinks uh very very disappointed in that um, I think that we should talk about it sometime this off season and, and go a, a bit deeper into detail. Uh, but yeah, very, I was very upset Tuesday night. I was absolutely shocked and I was very, very annoyed that those rankings came out the way they did at the top. Yeah. My advice for people, uh, you know, you look at college football and what you saw last week and speaking of teams that maybe aren't getting the credit they deserve in the college football playoff conversation. Uh, Middle Tennessee forced five takeaways against Southern Miss. They head to Western Kentucky. They're 16 and a half point underdogs. Uh, I would hammer the Blue Raiders there. You know, Rick Stock still is going to have the boys ready to go. <laughs> yeah, because he, you know, he, he took a break from saving Western civilization. So now Rick Stock still can get back to his day job, which is coaching football. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. The prophecy is coming true. All right, Ricky. I'll talk to you later, brother. Enjoy your weekend. And I will talk to our listeners on Monday. As always, enjoy the game and go Hokies.